0: Welcome to the CSLP Podcast, where we're helping to educate, inform, and assist financial professionals and student loan borrowers to make smarter repayment decisions. Today we're 28 or 29 days into the government shutdown. And one of the areas that this is impacting uh, is our student loan borrowers. And this so this is a topic we're gonna to talk about, you know, that, that affects the borrower and also the financial advisor with who has clients with student loans. Um, so I think, I think before we get to that, Jance, you, you sent me a note about this, that uh, a few days ago, the uh, HHS poverty guidelines were changed for income-driven repayment plans. So um, I guess that's something that uh, everyone needs to be aware of.
1: Right. So for uh, 2019 now, the uh, Human Health and Service Poverty Lines have been updated as of January 11th. Um, Slight increases uh, in most states. So you're looking at just below a 3% uh, uh, increase in those poverty lines, um, which should mean um, a reduction in payment for individuals whose incomes have not increased. How much that means to you is really going to be dependent upon where a a client's income is. The lower the client's income, um, the bigger reduction they will see in um, their student loan payments. Um, Whereas uh, if you have a higher income client, um, they won't notice that much of a change from their payment with regards to the poverty line deduction, Uh, and that's... uh, As we go over in the coursework, we we talk about um, what's more valuable to different clients, either the percentage of income required to be paid or that uh, poverty line deduction to get to the discretionary income.
0: So is this something that that everyone should go back in and revisit, uh, or does this only affect people that are starting
1: into an IDR plan? So this will uh, effectively uh, change the payments for everyone recertifying their income from January 11th on. Um, If once your payment is set in an income driven repayment plan, that payment is set for 12 months. So if somebody had uh, applied for an income driven repayment plan, or if they had... um, done their annual recertification for an income driven repayment plan say in December of 2018. um, That payment would be established at that point in time and it would be set for that 12 month period. Um, If uh, a borrower now were to um, apply for an income driven repayment plan or recertify their annual documentation, um, they would now get the benefit of the higher poverty line deduction. um, for some borrowers, especially those on the uh, lower end of the income scale, um, recertifying their income now, if their income has not increased, would create a, a smaller payment um, than it would have, uh, say, 30 days ago.
0: Okay, well, let's talk shutdown. Let's talk government shutdown. So, um, you know, as is as, as in the news, many people are really suffering here just with the basic needs. Uh, a lot of their debts uh, are not being paid and uh, we know that the, uh, the student loan payment, a missed student loan payment can have massive impact uh, on that borrower. So what solutions are available to borrowers who are, you know, maybe they've already missed their payment for January or they know they're going to miss their payment. What, what should they do?
1: Well, uh, certainly borrowers should do their best uh, not to fall behind in payments, Um, uh, and they should work with their loan servicer, as challenging as that could be. Um, If they have federal student loans, um, then they certainly should look at their opportunities of of potentially asking for a forbearance or or even economic hardship deferment, uh, preferably over a forbearance. and in order to have those approved they're going to have to contact their loan servicer and ask them um, for some sort of payment relief Um, specifically the deferment and forbearance options should be used for those uh, employees federal employees who are out of work that um, are on their traditional repayment plans are and are anticipating or expecting to pay off their loans Um, remember though that uh, in deferment the uh, interest on the unsubsidized loans is still the borrower's responsibility and uh, in forbearance the interest on all loans are still the borrower's uh, responsibility so uh, doing this may give a borrower payment reprieve uh, but at the same time um, they could be increasing the amount that they owe so if they have the ability to make those payments uh, they should uh, certainly try to if, if their intent is to repay off their loans For the borrowers that are in income driven repayment plans, which uh, could likely be the majority of federal employees as many of them will likely be uh, striving towards public service loan forgiveness and thus be required to be an income driven repayment plan, uh, they technically have no taxable income at this point in time, uh, so they should be looking to uh, contact their loan servicer, do an uh, income-driven repayment plan request with them, uh, indicating that their circumstances have changed, and having that payment uh, reduced to $0 per month as they currently have no taxable income. Now, that's assuming, again, that they're in a repayment plan that is only going to look at their income, and, uh, of course, uh, filing their taxes if mayor in a way that would only look at their income. If, if someone is already
0: uh, in, in, in this situation, and let's say they, their income stream comes back, you know, the shutdown is, is, is over, uh, I guess they have to go through the same process, contact their servers and say, hey, now my income is back, uh, or is there anything special they do uh, to, I guess, get, get back in the good graces of the, of the
1: loan? Correct. So while the payment would be established for 12 months, so if, if a borrower um, recertifies their income, uh, indicating that their circumstances have changed because they they have no income, um, it will take a delay. It'll take about 30 days or so uh, for the servicer to process that process that request, maybe longer um, if there's a, a high demand of, of requests coming in. Um, but uh, they they will still have payments between now and when that payment is is or that request is processed. So they'll still be required to make their uh, previously scheduled payments until that payment is processed and and their uh, loan payment is reestablished at zero dollars a month. Uh, that recertification of income based upon a change in circumstances. Um, Re establishes a new 12 year period for that borrower. So that payment would then be set at 12 or for 12 months for say $0 a month. Um, however, uh, borrowers are uh, supposed to notify their servicer if there are ever any changes in income up or down. Um, so when that federal employee is back at work and then has a pay stub. Um, they likely should recertify with their servicer again and have that payment plan reestablished at the higher uh, amount. Again, it would take another 30 to 60 day delay for them to process that. Um, but once they are back at work and, and back receiving taxable income, they should recertify again. So at least they're getting a payment uh, reprieve here while um, they're, they're not having income coming in.
0: So they, they've really got to stay on top of this thing. Um, is the shutdown affecting uh, any of the services, or I assume they are still functioning as they should be?
1: Yeah, so the loan services are are not affected um, by the government shutdown. They are uh, independent companies that are contracted uh, by the government um, in order uh, to help service uh, the payments of federal student loans. So the government shutdown is not affecting those uh, particular portion of um, the student loan repayment options. However, there are some aspects of the federal government shutdown that are affecting borrowers. So um, the the studentloans.gov number, those employees that are there to assist borrowers with completing applications or answering questions, um, those individuals are furloughed. So that number is not uh, being answered by anybody at this point in time. So borrowers who maybe are not working with their service or having issues with their service or trying to complete the um, electronic applications online and calling that 800 number are, are not reaching anybody. Um, furthermore the uh, the student loan ombudsman um, is uh, also a, a furloughed office so uh, the role of a student loan ombudsman is to help um, come to resolutions or find resolutions between conflicts between borrowers and uh, their loan servicers and um, oftentimes they they want you to first work with your loan servicer, document that process and then they will help um, get a resolution between a borrower and 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 their servicers uh, over conflicts payments interest calculations uh, so on so forth so that office is also closed um there's also uh it's been stated that the uh, consolidations are being held up um, and um, I I can't verify that uh, because the uh, offices that would verify that are closed uh, but uh, it's likely that the consolidation uh, applications that are being filed are being placed on hold and will not be processed until the government shutdown ends which is a pretty big problem for those borrowers that are behind in payments um, those borrowers that need maybe need to do consolidations in order to rehabilitate their loans um, or if they have ineligible fell loans or perkins loans that they're trying to convert to be eligible for an income driven repayment plan or public service loan forgiveness
0: specialty programs specialty programs that provide uh, forgiveness uh, based on the kind of work you're doing that you do it's uh I I noticed this past week it was a news article that there's a new federal program uh, for those people that work in the addiction treatment industry Uh, and that could be a nurse, a doctor, a pharmacist, uh, uh, a counselor that this program, mind you, it says uh, only available in Massachusetts is going to offer up to $75,000 per individual to repay debt. And this is very recent, but uh, it, it is a federal program from the uh, Health and Human Services Group. Um, do you have any additional information on that? I know there are programs for teachers and, and that we have a module coming out in the, in the CSLA program, but um, any comments on this or any, any news you have? that you can add
1: yeah i i think that all borrowers should explore their opportunities for forgiveness um and this program is is another great opportunity for those individuals again it's this is pretty segmented and oftentimes these programs are are limited to individuals who work in high need areas um they're also maybe the high need areas may be uh classified by income or location um but or, or specific service field um And there are a number of these opportunities that exist out there, and they're they're something that people that have high amounts of debt um, and are willing to or desiring to go work in those fields uh, should certainly consider. Um, I I like to think that um, those student loans – influence some of the decisions that people make um, i like to think that with the planning that the cslp can do and knowing the various options that exist out there um, especially for federal student loans that borrowers should really make their decisions based upon their life path and 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 advisors are there to help sort of um, modify their student loan strategies such that it fits their desired life path Um, however this is a, a real problem when you run into uh, borrowers that maybe have excessive private student debt. So, you certainly people that are out there that have private student loans, um, there are not the forgiveness opportunities that exist. Um, For the federal repayment options, uh, whether it be public service or the income-driven repayment plans, Um, and these, um, whether it be uh, employer-sponsored, government-sponsored, or or private-entity-sponsored forgiveness options, these are something that those individuals with with private student loans should really uh, consider as it it can help them get out of the burden that they have from those private loans
0: seems to me that there is just uh, an increasing number of uh, of marketing campaigns going out from lenders uh, such as discover and 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 others to uh, try to get people in in fact uh, i received one from Wells Fargo the other day. Uh, in fact, they even called and said, oh, you have a student loan. Let's, uh, let's come in and let's talk about you know, a private, uh, private loan and consolidate this. So this sounds like an area that people really have to watch out for because the offers really are sounding pretty good. But as you're pointing out, uh, there is a uh, there's significant risk in converting to a private loan.
1: Yeah, and I think that a lot of financial advisors historically have always looked, as any consumer debt, um, their advice has been to find a lower interest rate. And uh, while private refinances can um, secure a lower interest rate, um, advisors may, before they make that recommendation to a client, should also really consider uh, the protections that exist with the federal student loans um, and that most borrowers... Uh, Interest rates are not necessarily going to be lower on a private student loan than they would be on a federal student loan. We're talking about um, only those borrowers with exceptional credit scores, high incomes or high incomes compared to their debt are going to achieve those oftentimes publicized lower rates. Certainly there's opportunity there, especially if somebody uh, secured private student loans for their funding, their education originally. They may be a better borrower uh, now that they're working than they were when they were a student and can get better terms, Um, but uh, advisors and borrowers should really be hesitant before they jump into these private refinance uh, opportunities. I'd also say that uh, I've seen and heard from a number of my clients that there's been an uptick in the debt negotiation, debt consolidation robocallers that are calling. And uh, I have a theory about that, that that is actually also linked to the government shutdown because the um, FCC watchdogs who usually are on top of these uh, spam calls are all out of work. So these companies feel that they have a little more freedom to overreach their, their bounds of marketing at this point in time.
0: So you, you talk about the the fact that the the probably the best... Uh, terms on private loans are only reserved to those with the, with the best credit situation. Uh, so if, if I recall correctly, I think the average credit score right now of people in the U.S. is still maybe slightly under, under 700. Do uh, you have any idea what one could expect in a typical private loan offer?
1: Yeah, it really varies. I mean, the credit score is going to be a major component to that. Whether or not they want to have a cosigner on it is going to be a big component. Uh, And their debt-to-income ratio is going to be a good component. So... um you know, it, it, if we're talking about um, someone with high income to debt ratio, someone that's got a good credit score, uh, and they have say, maybe a good banking relationship, they could be looking at securing rates on a on a variable rate um, over a short five year period of time, something in the around two percent. Um, if they wanted a longer period of time and they're willing to assume a variable rate, you know, they could be looking at five, four, five percent, um, which is still some significant savings. Uh, last, about a year ago, um, New America did, came out with a study on uh, private student loans and it's one of the resources in our uh, course package uh, that um, is titled, In the Interest of Few. And, and what they did is they, they really examined um, who applies for student loans, how much uh, people could benefit from student loans if everybody qualified. Uh, But then they dialed down and said who really qualifies, what interest rates are actually achieved by these borrowers, and then compared those to the values of the income driven repayment plans. Um, And they found that less than 15% of borrowers would have more favorable repayment terms through a private refinance than they have with their existing federal student loans, whether that be based upon interest rate or based upon um, forgiveness provisions within the income driven repayment plans. And again, that's looking at sort of a best case scenario because those individuals that may have secured better terms from an interest rate standpoint and paying off their loans to a private refinance, maybe giving up a lot of federal protections if, say, they were a federal employee and the government shuts down and they're they're no longer receiving income, it's going to be much harder for them to defer payments than it would be for someone that had federal student loans or if or if a borrower became permanently disabled or if a borrower passed away and and what uh, lingering effects there may be to another individual with the private student loans that that wouldn't exist for the federal student loans.
0: I think the last thing that that we should talk about today uh one of the last things yeah, is uh, the the cslp certification course um you know there's there's tons of content and we're constantly modifying this can you give our listeners an idea of what's uh, what's on tap for for the next quarter in terms of uh new material updates and so forth
1: Yeah, so we are in the process of uh, creating some additional material within the course, some elective material uh, that will be uh, profession-specific. Most of the material right now is... is general information that applies across the board with regards to federal and private student loans basic information uh but we have created and we'll continue to create some profession specific modules that dig into um how student loans uh, are affected by given professions some forgiveness programs that exist whether they be federal programs or or state based programs or or nonprofit based programs um We're also looking to work with um, members in the HR community of human resources. What we are discovering is that uh, as much as there is a misunderstanding of the impact of student debt um, from the financial services standpoint, there's also a huge misunderstanding of how employers and human resources can uh, help their employees with the administrative part of student loans. Uh, this topic of assisting borrowers for student loan repayment is something that um, is growing in the employee benefits community. Uh, but what we think is that there's a lack of education from the employers to really understand how they can implicate uh, implement the, the various options they have, whether it be some sort of assistance with private refinance, whether it be the employer wanting to pay some money towards um, towards their employee student loans or provide some sort of counseling or assistance. Um, And how they do that, is going to vary from employer to employer, but they really need to be strategic with how they use their dollars, um, their, their benefit dollars to make sure that they're getting the best value out of those benefit dollars for, um, their employees and and some of the processes that they have in place within their own employee employment and HR department to help facilitate those borrowers that may be an in income driven repayment plans. So, um, that's something else that's on the on tap uh, for this quarter. Um, we're also uh, really going to make a push here in the next couple of days to try to identify some material to tax preparers. Um, this, is the, this is the season for uh, borrowers to show up with their tax forms. And uh, if a if CPA or a tax preparer, or an enrolled agent, comes across somebody that has a student loan interest uh form in there that should trigger them to immediately have a discussion about what they're doing with their student loans because the tax preparation component can have a very big effect on what student loan payments will be Um, so we want to make sure that that community is engaging with with our educational material uh, and helping to uh, assist borrowers in making sure that they are getting the most advantageous repayment terms possible now i forgot to mention that the irs data retrieval tool um, seems to be sporadic at best with the limited staff at the at the irs so um, many people that are doing their electronic forms um, they're not getting that retrieval which means paper forms which means more error
0: one of the issues with this this shutdown is that people they're their focus probably mainly on just the the basic essentials if you if you read and watch the news and you know, I'm concerned that uh, people will, they're going to miss student loan issues that, uh, for example, if someone is in uh, a public service loan forgiveness program and there's, they miss a payment, uh, that could have an adverse impact.
1: Right. That doesn't it's, count as a qualifying payment if it's late or it's not paid in full. And, 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 you know there's there's a, a, an interesting component here if somebody certifies it's a federal employee that says hey i currently have no taxable income which is 100 true because they're not getting paid um, and then a year from now they certify this period as being a full-time employee of say the department of defense um or or you know some other f- version of the you know, parks service, um, then they're going to end up, there's sort of a, a weird contrast here where they're saying they have no taxable income, but they actually still are a full-time employee. Um, so they're, they're, they are indeed, you know, a full-time employee at this point in time, but they're not receiving any income and they're certifying that they're not receiving any income. Um, so there are some, some quirky components to the public service loan forgiveness, uh, portion of that. Yeah.
0: It sounds like that, that, uh, Financial advisors who have clients with student loans really need to alert uh, their borrowers that, I mean, if, if you look at all of your debts, this perhaps may be the most critical one uh, to pay, uh, to find a way to pay. Uh, I know that a lot of other like mortgage companies, credit card companies are, are now offering uh, some type of relief. Uh, this one doesn 't sound like it 's an easy thing to to necessarily get relief uh, uh and that it, it should be given priority over all the other debts would Would you agree with that
1: yeah um you know like I said you you can ask for that deferment or forbearance or you can recertify um, your income if you 're an income driven repayment plan to drop that payment to zero so there it, there are options there, but that 's not immediate um all you know the the forbearance or deferment could be. Um, but you're, you're foregoing qualifying payments, um, hopefully not a lot, um, but who knows at this point. Um, and if, again, we're, we're talking most about federal student loans, but if you have private student loans, uh, they usually will work with you to have some reduced payment for a short period of time, whether they be interest only, um, but they don't have as many options uh, for you to have you know, real payment relief. Um, especially if it's an extended period of time. Um, And I've heard crazy things where people think that they don't have to pay their loans, um, period, whether they're a federal employee or not, because they think that the federal government is on shutdown, therefore um, they are just automatically... Get payment relief, um, and that's not the case. Uh, so, you know, you advise, as advisors, you're going to hear some pretty crazy things out there. And that, as as oftentimes you find in financial services, uh, your clients are getting information from their coworker or neighbor, and it's it's oftentimes wrong.
0: Right, right. It's like there's there, there may be people out there that are thinking, oh, well, the IRS is sort of shut down for the most part. They're trying to get back to work, so forget the taxes, right? Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, as if student loans is in a, a, a big enough cluster as it is, um, add in some, some extra complexity of, hey, the IRS data retrieval tool doesn't work, consolidations aren't, 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 potentially aren't working, and then people told that their loan servicers they don't have to pay their loans. It's, it's, it's easy to see how uh, the average person can, can get led astray here. Yeah, I would just say to, to all the borrowers and advisors out there, if, if you're a financial advisor and you have clients that have student loans or you're a tax preparer and you have a that so you have student loans, this is a very important time of year um, to make sure that you reassess with them as to what the tax preparation standpoint is, um, especially if you have married borrowers, um, you want to make sure that the uh, tax component uh, and tax preparation component matches the planning that, that you have in place with their student loans. And really taking into account student loan payment and tax costs of filing married separate or married joint. Um, if you have you know self-employed individuals, you certainly should be looking at uh, what sort of SEP IRA or HSA contributions you can make still for 2018 that can affect your AGI for your next uh, tax filing and 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 also affect your student loan payment. So. Um, Even if a client is not up on their annual recertification at this point in time, it's always a good idea to touch base with them uh, to make sure that uh, they are um, familiar with the tax preparation options and what that means with regards to student loan payments. Um, Specifically, again, um, those married couples, but also times you're going to have a lot of individuals that are using TurboTax um or, or some online tax preparation software and not going to cpa and and they're really void of anyone catching their student loan issues and if they if they file their return um in a way that's uh, detrimental to their student loans there may not there may be no way to go back at least in, for another year until they can file a subsequent return
0: yeah yeah that's another topic we can delve into i think uh, on the next the next podcast uh because uh things that borrowers need to know, and certainly things borrowers need to ask their CPA, uh, their tax preparer about. So uh, we'll definitely focus on that one in the next go around.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important too, because not, not everyone's going to use a CPA or a tax preparer. You know, the, um, exactly. the online tax preparation has become more and more popular. And um, with that, there's nobody really to catch something like, hey, you have student loans. How does this affect your student loan payment? Um, or have you talked to somebody about how this could affect your student loan payment? So um, that, uh, that, that kind of do-it-yourself mentality is great. It saves you some money, but you also don't have the oversight of someone saying, hey, caution, this, this may cost you a lot more money doing this than that.